Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in everybody to Scout's Eye on Football, college and pro football. I am Chris Landry. Um, Special treat today, uh, as uh, we always do, get into the goings-on in um, college football and the NFL. We're going to do that as per usual today. Uh, but we're also going to follow this up with an edition of the Landry Football Podcast. Again, we normally do that on Thursdays um, with the great folks at Radio Influence that bring you that um, podcast. I wanted to get the podcast into them sooner so that they did not have to work on Christmas Eve, which is tomorrow, which, again, by the way, let me be, um, I don't know, the first, but uh, certainly want to wish all of you Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to everyone. Got a lot to get to today. We want to remind you, first of all, that if you are listening to this podcast and you are not watching it, we want to invite you to watch us live and participate live and uh, be involved in the comment section. And just simply go to twitch, T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV forward slash Chris Landry football, uh, and that um, will get you there. Or you can go to LandryFootball.com, even simpler. Click on follow Chris on Twitch TV. It'll take you right there. Folks, subscribe to it. It's free. You're going to receive a commercial-free experience. Part of Amazon Prime, it's free as subscribers. You are the Chris Landry football uh insiders and we're going to lean on you to cheer have fun and of course participate in the chat room as part of the chris landry show so um uh, if you like what we do cheers a few bits we always appreciate that uh you'll see um you see this uh, on the screen uh just uh hit um uh you know uh cheer and uh it'll be uh It'll be right uh, on the chat room. So I uh, want to get into a few things today. Um, and again, we're going to have a double dose. So we're what I can't get, we're going to always take your questions. And we'll do that this hour and next hour. Want to start, though, with the Auburn coaching search. And may I say how pleasantly surprised I was at what Auburn did. Now, first of all, let me just say this. Think the world of Kevin Steele. 
like him a lot, consider him a friend. Is boy, I look at the fact that my receding hairline is getting more receding. Um, it's nothing against him, um, and, and may have done a very fine job there. Um, but I didn't think he was the best fit for Auburn. I was convinced from the very beginning, from um, the people that are that made the decision are going to make the decision. That was the plan all along. When they fired Gus Malzahn, it was to promote Kevin Steele. So what is my underlying thought? And I'm going to get into Brian Harson and what he means for Auburn in a second. But the biggest thing I'm getting out of it is, wow, what impact we're seeing from the public, maybe not you individually, but collectively, when you rise up and say, no, 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 we're not going to accept that, it has now worked again because there was no question that the Kevin Steele situation was going to be ramrodded in until there was a big groundswell to say, no, 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 we, we can't do that. And what was ironic in kind of figuring out how this last night because I did not see Brian Harson getting the job and I've known Brian for a while and I've been involved with him in potential interests and jobs. And I did not see this connection, did not see it. Um, but I'm, I really applaud Auburn for saying, no, we're going to do something and we're going to do it differently. And about the fit in a second, we'll get into it. But it was very clear that there was a feeling that, Hey, look, this is not going to go over. We're not going to be able to sell this, meaning Kevin Steele, and we're going to have to do something else. And, um, you know, I'm very curious to see. There will be talks about exactly what were the conditions, were there conditions. There was a lot of, as I found out last night, a lot of discrepancy on Pro Bill Clark guys, con Bill Clark guys, pro Hugh Freeze guys, con Hugh Freeze guys. There was definite interest in Kevin Steele, but not from the masses. And so they really went out and said, and Billy Napier, same thing. There was some interest, so they talked to him, but there wasn't the real interest. There wasn't the collaborative effort of, yeah, we, this is our guy. They went outside the box and got what I think is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, I think he's a great evaluator of talent. I think he's great at getting a lot out of his teams. Um, and so I think they've got themselves an outstanding coach. Now, I'm a little bit surprised. Well, no, I'm not a little bit surprised. I am really surprised that this is where – Brian wanted to go in about the fit. Um, you know, I know that, that Brian as smart as he is, did his homework, but, but I sometimes wonder, does, do you ever really know what you're getting into? If you're not from the background of the sec and the schools within it, this is, this is a different world. And um, I saw him as a guy that was maybe a better fit in the Northwest 
in the West in particular. Um, but this was a challenge, and I do know this. He's gotten a little bit antsier out of out in Boise because their inability to get into a big-time conference, and he was even more than, than Peterson, Chris Peterson, was willing to move. But to see this move was was really surprising, and to me kind of out of the blue, pardon the pun. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder how much latitude I would imagine he'll be able to do what he wants, but I would imagine in the conversation there's probably a comfort level both ways, and because there was no anti-Brian Harson feelings, my understanding last night, that was the that was the reason why he was able to get in. Well-respected, no negatives on him. Everybody was comfortable with him, so they made the move on him. He was one of many guys. For people who don't know that when you have a coaching search, and what I do in a lot of my is more coaching evaluation, there are a whole lot of names people look at. You'd be surprised. There are a whole lot of people that were looking really hard um, at a lot of people just in terms of knowing about them. Now, who they're really considering is a much shorter list. But the fact that that Brian ended up being the guy is really intriguing to me. I am really excited to see how this will work. Um, the recruiting fit getting into the Southeast, being able to make those relationships, being able to um, develop something he can do. It is a different element. though. You know, at Boise, if you do a really good job, they recognize you. If you don't, they kind of you fall off the radar, out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't happen anywhere, certainly not at a place like Auburn. The difficulty of the Auburn jobs is everybody will point out everybody wins there. Yeah, they do. And that puts a lot of pressure because even Gus Malzahn got Auburn to the national championship game. Gene Chizik won a national title. Um, you know, Pat Dye, who is an icon there, consistently won, has field named after him. <clears throat> Um, did not win a title, did, was not in the playoff era. Um, looking at the job, the difficulty is that you can be Gus Melzahn and beat Nick Saban three times, and it's still not good enough. I, th I, I thought that Gus really struggled with his offense and that was his strength. And that was ultimately a problem in the lack of consistency. So it's real simple. I mean, all you got to do at Auburn is you, you better beat Georgia and you better beat Alabama a decent percentage of the time. And you better win all your other games going 10 and two at Auburn is a phenomenal job. I mean, it means that maybe you lose to Georgia and Alabama. Think about that. You got to beat everybody else, including an LSU and Alabama and an A&M. That's really good. And then you, you, you probably need to win more than 10, a good percentage of the years. It's a tough job. I, listen, I think it's a very interesting hire. I do wonder 
and question the fit, there's probably not a good fit. I mean, if you think about it, there's no one that they would have fired. Oh, certainly Bill Clark and being in Alabama, that's a quote-unquote geographical fit. A Billy Napier's been around the SEC. It's a fit. This is a guy that's not from this area. He was an assistant. He was an offensive coordinator for Mac Brown at Texas for a while. He spent one year as a head coach at Arkansas State, and he's a proven good head coach at Boise. This is a different landscape. This is a different challenge. This is what he wanted. Um, he'll have resources. He'll be able to do a lot of what he wants. What I'm impressed by is just the fact that Auburn was willing to do this. Now, as I understood it and figured out last night, this was a lot of, as we've said for a while, on this show, on SEC football and beyond, boy, this is this is so political at Auburn. So you had the boosters that clearly wanted Kevin Steele. Alan Green was a part, the athletic director, was a part of trying to, let's just say, stoke the flames, flames of, let's just go ahead and hire Kevin Steele. And I think it had a lot to do with the PR nightmare. Once it became a PR nightmare, they got scared of the Kevin Steele move. Alan Green in particular was really concerned about how he would be perceived because look, this is one of those things where when you're the key booster, you may make the decision behind the scenes, but you have plausible deniability. I'm not the athletic director. I'm not the president. So in the end, Jay Goog, the president and the athletic director, Alan Green said, Hey, you're, you're not going to be the one that's going to have this on your hands, but then they really stoke the flames of, okay, if the public doesn't want this, then we got to go out and hire somebody that's proven. And yet when they go and interview some of these folks that they basically the interview process was about, well, one guy, I want you to interview you freeze. I want you to interview Bill Clark. I want you to interview Billy Napier. Well, okay, we'll interview him, but it's kind of like, you know, we, not real thrilled about him. This guy doesn't like him. So it's a lot of politics. It's a lot of, you know, what they have to do in Congress, right? You have to make sure you massage this ego, you massage that ego because you need their money, but you also understand that there's a lot to do with it. So you go ahead and, and this again was a guy that no one had any negative feeling towards. I think there's still some concern inside that maybe is this the guy that's going to understand Auburn and going to be the fit. I'm not as big believer in that stuff. I mean, I get it, but I believe you go there, you put a program together and you win. I mean, and if you win, you can become one of their own. I'm a big believer in the football part carries you. The difficulty that you got is obvious. You've got a juggernaut that's in your state. So you're constantly in the shadow of Alabama. And you're as close to the Georgia element as any. And that's your crossover game. And they're a juggernaut in their own right. 
and you haven't fared well against them. And in the West, now you've got an A&M that's uprising and now has gotten roots into a program. LSU that's into an upheaval, but certainly a lot of talent. That's a lot. It's a lot to go after. Oh, and then you've got, you know, easy games like Ole Miss and Arkansas and Mississippi State that all not always all that easy. And then every now and then you got to play Florida. Oh, well, good luck to welcome to Auburn football. The expectations and the reality are that's it's really, really tough. Look, it's if you're Alabama, you're at a different level, but you also are playing Tennessee, which hasn't done anything in quite some time. You don't have to play Georgia regularly unless you're playing them in the conference championship game. Not that Alabama couldn't navigate it or do as well, but they don't have to go through that. Georgia has to play Auburn every year, but they don't have to play Alabama unless they're playing in the conference championship game. They got to play Florida, though. But again, everybody has their own unique situation. So, look, I I actually think it's a – I think Brian is a outstanding coach. I'm not quite sure yet because I don't know enough about what he's going to be able to do with his staff. I don't know about the fit. I don't know about the embracing. The fans are going to embrace him if they win. If they don't, they're going to hate him and say, can't believe you brought this knucklehead in from Boise. I get that. I understand that. But a little bit about Brian. Um, He's from Boise. He's 44 years old, known Brian for years, Um, played at Boise. Grew up on the, in that program. Um, they do a tremendous job there of evaluating, understand how to evaluate, how to work that partner recruiting, which you've heard me talk about how important evaluating is. They also develop very well. Uh, he has been great throughout his career with quarterbacks. Um, he's done a phenomenal job. He's won and competed when these had to against really power five teams and have done very well. Um, he replaced Chris Peterson. He's been there seven years. Um, he was a fast track guy. He was a guy on my list. Um, and I keep a book, my list of guys in every category, very, very high, very, very high on the list of top guys in that, in that Luke fickle, you know, but even more been there longer elite type guy that I've been looking at a power five opportunities. I just didn't see the fit for him at Auburn or Auburn with him. So I am just tickled pink. Um, I, you know, again, I've said here and there fell all along. It was going to be Kevin Steele and Phil in, in, and still feel that that's likely where it was headed. But until the groundswell, came about, uh, you know, I think that really changed the, pardon the pun, changed the tide of the course of it, which, you know, look, I think sometimes you need to be pushed out of your comfort zone. I think Auburn's done that. And so I think the people that wanted to see that, and a lot of the Auburn fans do, I think are going to be excited. Young, energetic guy. I would just say this. I know this is kind of ridiculous to ask the fans, but the patience of build something with stability. I think that Brian can recruit an elite level. 
he's got to do it at Auburn, and at an elite level at Auburn is different. It's not just finding the right three stars. You better get the five stars and the four stars. You better challenge the Georgias and the Alabamas in recruiting. Just like Dan Mullen must do so, Brian must do so. I think there's some similarities with not personality-wise, but in terms of football acumen, I think there's some similarities between Brian Harson and Dan Mullen, with the difference being that Dan Mullen coached in the SEC at Mississippi State and did a phenomenal job there. Brian hasn't had that. He hasn't had that job that would be, okay, this gets your feet well feet wet in the SEC, and then you go to a bigger job. He's going into the deep end right away at a bigger time job. So I think, um, again, not much experience out of Boise. Lifetime um, there. What's he going to do with Kevin Steele? Is he Kevin Steele going to stay? What about Rodney Garner? Did he express the desire to maybe consider those guys? He'll have control, I think, to do what he needs to do. But what is that? Maybe he's more amenable to doing that. Maybe that has a lot to do with it. But I'm excited, and um, those of you that listen to me know that I thought this was going to be Kevin Steele, and I turned about wrong. And I I did not see, um, not playing coy with you, I didn't, didn't see this coming. This really was a surprise. I thought after we got done with, or as we were doing the SEC football and beyond yesterday, that, look, I know that that Kevin Steele has been the guy all along, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to put that through and maybe there'll be a surprise. Well, the thing about a surprise is if I knew what the surprise was, it wouldn't be a surprise, right? That was a surprise to me. And when it came down yesterday afternoon that said this might happen, I wasn't quite sure what I was hearing, but I'm excited to see how this works out. Um, so we're going to uh, I'm going to get into some uh, some issues on the LSU staff and some thoughts about Illinois. Let's get to some questions and some thoughts that you guys have. Um, <clears throat> bringing is um, Spartan Martin says, "What does Florida's one year probation mean?" It's on Dan Mullen. Dan, again, um, you know, you just you just got to be smart about how you do things. Uh, it just means he can't go off campus for a while. Uh, it's not going to have a huge effect, but it is, it's not ideal. Let's call it that. Um, happy holidays. Um, and Woodchet King, thank you. Auburn fan base. Let's see. Auburn fan base seems mostly happy with the hire. I think they were fatigued by the Auburn family. P.S. Um, Jig's dad, appreciate you. I hate when uh, when work wants to take precedence over what's really important. Uh, so we appreciate that priority. Chris, do you have an analysis of Garrett Trader? And uh, is he like Eric Dungy? Do you think uh, he beats uh, DeVito next year? Do you see Trader being able to do what Dungy did a few years back? Garrett Trader is a talented guy. We're talking Syracuse football here. Um I don't know that he can be Eric Dungy, but I think he has a dual threat capability. Um, I don't know if he can have that type of an impact, but let's hope so. Um, doesn't make much sense. Why would you go to someone who was a part of the previous staff and seemingly part of the problem? Again, Nick, you 75, perhaps you haven't listened to us explain it. Uh, it's, doesn't make sense to answer your question. 
but you have to understand who was making the decision at Auburn. Jimmy Rain was the guy pulling the trigger and leading the train for Kevin Steele. Who's Jimmy Rain? He's the key booster that wrote the check to pay off um, Gus Malzahn and writes the check a lot of times. So it doesn't make sense to you, and it doesn't make sense really to me as a good decision, but you're not understanding what's going on in the political ramifications of any coaching hire. So when the guy making the decision is doing what he wants to do and really not maybe what's best for the program, you get a lot of these decisions. So what doesn't make sense from a outsider viewpoint of what's best for the program, well, those people think they have their school's best interests at heart sometimes, but most of the time they have their own best interests. So that was the reason for that. My point is how is still how is still is a better alternative. Again, apparently you're not listening. He's not a better alternative. He's the alternative for the power brokers there that wanted him. They tried to push him through. Okay. The fan base didn't want it. I think the fan base agreed with you and likely with me that as much as I like Kevin, as much as I think Kevin is a better football coach than Gus Malzahn, I, and I think Kevin's defense has been really good. I don't think that's what the Auburn folks, I don't think that was best for Auburn. Now, I don't know that Brian will be the fit and all of that we'll see, but that's the whole point. So hopefully you get a better understanding uh, what we are talking about now. So hopefully that educates you on that. Chris, how would you compare what Harson has to deal with starting at Auburn to what Saban when he started at LSU? Um, well, completely different because Saban didn't have somebody in the West that was as good. LSU was a program with a lot of potential, but Alabama wasn't very good. I mean, they were going through Dennis Franchoni, who did a nice job there, but certainly not an elite level. Auburn had Tuberville, who's a good coach, and Saban built something, and he built a really good program at LSU, a, a national championship caliber program. But the difference is for all of everybody now is that Saban didn't have somebody like what Saban is now. Right now, the difficulty for anybody is you're chasing Saban. Think about this. Ed Orgeron is the longest tenured coach in the SEC West. Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, um, Sam Pittman all completed their first year. You've got Jimbo, who's now been there a couple of years. You've got Ed, and again, who's been there a while. And then, then you've got Auburn with a new coach. There's the chasing of Alabama slash Saban that's getting a lot of these guys fired. Now, on different levels. At Arkansas, they didn't fire their coaches, their last two coaches, because they couldn't beat Alabama. They just fired them because they couldn't win a darn game at Arkansas for like two years. Sam Pittman did a good job. Um, Matt Luke wasn't quite getting it done there. He's a favorite son, and Lane Kiffin was a bright light that they wanted to bring into the program. Mississippi State, Mike Leach was a name. Sam Pittman was a hire that was roundly criticized. 
and worked very, very well. Um, so it's the chase of Saban that's the real problem. Um, what checking? How we? Oh, let's get that done. Uh, why do the Bucks perform like a jar of molasses in the first quarter of every game? Um, can't really. Um, can't really explain that. I think people have done good jobs of game planning early. And I think that, um, you know, if you look at it, um, I actually got a tweet here from aforementioned recently hired head coach. Um, if you look at their slow starts, I don't know that I put a finger on it other than I think people have had some good plan, game plans initially, and I think they've done a good job with in-game adjustments. But I don't know that um, it's, you know, it's anything that – look, it's it's something that's not sustainable against the highest level of teams. So it's one thing to come back on Atlanta. Everybody does. Um, but you can't do that come playoff time and, or at least, you know, even locking into the playoffs. Um or let's see, Rock Westfall. Rich Rod has been vindicated some by the Arizona debacle. He wins and he is competent off-field issue at Arizona. The problem, why no offers? Rock is a big Rich Rod fan. Um, look, I mean, I think Rich Rod is a good coach. You know, it, it, certainly it's tough at Arizona, and, and Sumlin didn't do a very good job there. And I think that's that's a mid-level Pac-12 job that can be better. But, you know, people look at Rich Rod. It depends on where you want to go. Um, he was not very good at, at Michigan. We know Michigan's been a disaster. Rich Rod, in my opinion, let me just give you my opinion on Rich Rod. Known him for years. And I do think that he's warning another look and another opportunity. I th I think a lot of his concepts on offense have been good. It needs to be updated. His defenses have been awful. I mean, it's, you know, you know, I don't think um, he is a difference maker that maybe some might think. Um, he had a great run at West Virginia. Uh, it led to the Michigan. He got offered the Alabama job, by the way. In fact, he accepted it and then backed out. And then they went back and made a run at Saban. Mar, they how how things would have been different had that changed? Because Rich Rod certainly would have struggled at Alabama. I, I think he is is a capable guy. I think he needs to go somewhere where the expectations are moderate. I agree with you. I think he did some things at Arizona that are pretty good. Not an elite coach. Um, you know, if you look at it, you know, probably a better fit for him. And I do think the off-the-field issues, I think, boy, he didn't handle the, the Michigan job was a collapse. And I know Michigan had been good since. But, again, that's not a reason to say, well, let's go hire Rich because everybody else, you know, Jim Harbaugh struggled at Michigan. I, I think people are looking for new, looking for young. I think, you know, you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. Because I got a question here, and I'm gonna, 
great having Nick U75 with us. He's, he asked a question about Brett Bielema, and I'll answer this. So people criticize, okay, you hire retreads, and that's exactly what Rich Rodriguez would be considered by a lot of people. I don't know that I would quite agree with that, but you can hire somebody with experience, and if and, and he's got that. Um, I think everyone's looking for the right fit. And, look, there are a lot of good coaches out there. And, look, I deal with this an awful lot this time of year. And a lot of it is getting people to understand that there's really good coaches that maybe quite haven't had the opportunity. And maybe that certain things in the modern game may be more towards pursuant to maybe a younger guy. And I do think a lot of administrators like to say, hey, um, I want to get my guy. I want to do something that's different. I want to have something that others didn't have. And I I don't want to bring in some guy. And I just don't think you need to get locked into anything. I think you can look at a Rich Rodriguez. And, uh, you know, I think the fits, again, need to be where you think it might work. I, I don't think is as competent of a job as he did at Arizona. I think he is a better fit more in other parts. I did not think he was a good fit at Michigan. It proved out he didn't do a very good job. So, look, I, I think those are all things that are, um, uh, you know, valid questions about where you want to go with your coaching searches. It's, to me – Evaluating good coaches is something that I can do better than always find the fit. I always say it's like matchmaking. So I can tell you that I think this person is a good fit, and but, you know, the chemistry has to be there just like in matchmaking. And not that I have experience in that, but in coaching matchmaking, it has to work. It's kind of like what I said, and I'm going to get into discussing the LSU situation. I've known Ed Argeron for years. I've known Bo Pelini for years. I mean, I, I think in and of itself, they both have good qualities. And Ed wanted Bo Pelini in the worst way. And I fought it because I know both their personalities, and I thought that was going to be combustible. And it was. And, you know, I feel like crap because, you know, you're not able to figure some of that out or you're not able to get them to figure it out and they don't see it. And sometimes you see it and you just can't get your point across. And it's kind of frustrating. No different than when he hired Matt Canada. I thought egos were going to clash and you got a problem. It's not that they can't coach or can't fit. It is just the fit. The fit is important in a lot of cases. Um, not every person, it's not one size fit all, one place fits all. So, uh, and a lot of it, like with players, evaluating players. Yeah, I can talk about players being really good, but, you know, everybody talks about it like when they talk about the draft. Well, what about this guy? What about that guy? You got to understand what, in their defensive system, is he the ideal linebacker? No. Well, then that's not a fit. The fact that he's really good and he gained all sorts of honors, that doesn't that doesn't correlate. That doesn't translate. So understanding 
what you're looking for and what, what type of scheme you run and what players are scheme versatile that can do a lot of things with it. There, there's a lot of different things. There is no question that coaching is the same way. And I see it a lot in the same way. It's about fit. So um, how did uh, Nick said, uh, how did Bielema to Illinois come about? Um, well, first of all, I like Brett. Um, I recommended Lance Leopold from University of Buffalo. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, it, it's not like I recommended him out of the blue and who the heck is he? The athletic director there knew Lance Leipold. So the fact that he chose Brett was really interesting because it's not like, well, I'm not going to hire Lance because I don't really know him. He knows him. Again, maybe there's something there that he wasn't quite as comfortable with, or maybe he felt like, I'm not sure Lance is the right fit for us here. I think there was a lot of pull with Brett because of his experience coaching in the Big Ten. Obviously had some success at Wisconsin, had a lot of success. Led to the Arkansas job. And, you know, the the problem that, that Brett had at Arkansas is that you're in the SEC West, not the Big Ten West. So you can win at Wisconsin in a way that you can't do quite as well at Arkansas. You, you've got to recruit well if you're going to compete at any place. But recruiting acumen and development of players is all relative to who you compete against. The Big Ten West, they feel like, okay, what Brett? what is Brett going to do? going to run the football, going to recruit big offensive linemen, and they're going to be powerful, and I think Illinois will be competitive. It's fine. I think he'll go to bowl games. Um, I don't know that he's going to re reach Wisconsin Heights there. In fact, I'm pretty sure that he won't, but he's not going to reach the Arkansas depth because doing what he did at Arkansas limited him. He couldn't bully an LSU. He couldn't bully an Alabama, and he didn't have enough explosiveness, and the offenses weren't good enough. And, you know, it just the team ultimately wasn't good enough, and the expectations at Arkansas is a little bit more. At Illinois, you can go to bowl games. You can be competitive. You just can't suck there. Now, is it going to take Arkansas into the different stratosphere? Well, I think Lance would have been a more dynamic energetic recruiter. I think Brett's limited as a recruiter. Brett is from Illinois. Okay. He has that background. He played at Iowa. Again, so coached at Iowa, coached at Wisconsin. Um, that is the reason that's what led to it. Um, let me see here. Um, uh, I've been frustrated with seeing this as Rich could be Leonard Fournette because it seems like he breaks tackles and he's reminding me of Trent Richard. Uh, is he seeing the whole correctly? Uh, listen, Leonard Fournette is a frustrating player. He was when, when he came out of high school, in new Orleans, he was like the next Adrian Peterson. And once you got to know him, you realize he's not a very hard worker and very prima Donna like. And so whether it's rehabbing from injuries or spending the extra time needed, um, uh, he is not the player that um, that he could be. 
He's talented, yes, but you don't get Leonard Fournette each and every week. Um, he's he does. Trent Richardson just um, was a different type of a problem, but there's no question. Um, uh, underachievers, you shouldn't feel bad. All you can do is recommend now. Um, let's see, how much uh, does credit does Dorsey deserve, if any, at Cleveland? He also seems competent, solid at Casey. What's his issue? Well, the biggest problem that uh, it, uh, John Dorsey, Rock, um, he deserves some credit. There's some players on that team that's really good. But he also decided to hire Freddie Kitchens instead of Kevin Stefanski, who the Browns ended up going ahead and hiring anyway. They also um, – he didn't do a very good job while he got some individual players there. Um, he also hasn't been very good at understanding how to build a team in the right culture. And so you notice that. So while on one hand, you can give him some credit for some of the players that are there, the coach and the culture wasn't quite as good. Uh, he had a long relationship with Andy, but Andy saw the very same thing I'm talking about, which is why if you look at it, since Andy and, and um, um, if Brett has taken over Kansas City, different level up. I mean, they got Mahomes and that's what set them off. But they're also, they can take, you know, certain guys and and not that they are not, you know, Tyreek Hill's a character guy, question mark. And there's a couple of other guys, but they've been able to, to figure the culture a little bit better. Um, John didn't do a very good job of that leading it in, in Cleveland. And a lot of it is the what we're talking about, the head coaching hire. You go ahead and hire Freddie Kitchens, who had just been named offense coordinator, and you put him in a head coaching role he wasn't ready for just because you can control him a little bit more. This is, again, self-preservation, just like we talked about and some other coaching hires. That was a big part of it. Do you disagree with my theory that Brett harmed himself with, uh, oh, Dan Enos, um, Arkansas was, I, I think Dan Enos fit exactly what he wanted though. Um, they tried to get a little bit more explosive. I think they hurt themselves by not being able to recruit elite de defensive players that can compete in this league. That was the biggest thing, personally. Um, uh, sorry if I missed this. How are things going with the Arizona search? The Arizona search is going. Um, you know, um, I think that um, the kid at San Jose State is, is, I think, the best fit for him. I think Brett's really good. Um you know, I do think Jay Norvell is somebody that they like, but I'm curious to see. They are really hung up on an Arizona guy. So I think that limits you a little bit, but uh, I think they're close on getting something here. Were you surprised by the BYU-UCF law? Yes, I, I was surprised. I thought it would be uh, points aplenty from both sides, not points aplenty in UCF did not um, – show up offensively. So, um, 
reports of Jed Fitch to Arizona. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that. That's been the media reports with Jed King, and for all I know, that's maybe the way they go. I'm, I'm not. Uh, that's that. Those reports have been out there for a few days, so who knows? Maybe something to it. Um, you know, I think that um, that's that to me is not the right fit for Arizona personally. But you know, we'll see. We'll see where uh, where things go with that. So. On the LSU staff, there was change up. There was not much surprise in that. Um, we talked about Bo Pelini a little bit. That was coming down the pike. It did. Um, Bill Johnson, who's the defensive line coach, good friend of Ed, is going to move into an analyst role. Uh, I do like that. I like him being involved in some way. They need a better recruiter um, at the defensive line position. Uh, they've got, obviously, a defense coordinator, defensive line. they got three positions on the defense, um, depending on who they hire. Billy Bush, who coached the safeties, is not going to return. Depending upon their staff hires, it it is very likely that Corey Raymond can get the entire secondary depending upon who they hire as coordinator. I think that the coordinator may be somebody that can coach the linebackers. Um, that's ideal. Um, we, um, it, it, it may be a combination. It may be co-coordinators. It just really depends upon who they hire, but They've got three positions open there. They also have a couple of positions open on the offensive side, and it's the offense coordinator, pass game coordinator, which, again, might be one and the same, might be split up. Um, you could have a promotion of somebody like Russ Calloway to pass game coordinator who's on the staff and maybe put the uh, a more experienced coordinator. So uh, basically what has happened is – Ed Orgeron has kind of been given the ultimatum. This has to be fixed. It has to be fixed um, quickly. And let's see what they're able to do. Ed and his coaching hires has been uh, a mixed bag. Um, he's hit on some hires. My, my concern and my fear is that, and, and I want to say this and give all credit, um, he's going to need help to get the right hires in place. Like, for example, Joe Brady was not his unearthing. He, he's the head coach, and he, you know, but he was he was convinced to do that. It didn't take a lot of convincing, but he didn't find Joe Brady. It was found actually by Steve Insminger, and and so hopefully they're able to put together a staff. There's some really good people, some people he's familiar with, some people that that some of us are familiar with. Um, there's some really good defensive coordinators out there that, um, and this is one of the things about when you, the Bopolini situation blows up. <laughs> now I think, Ed, wants to go with somebody that he knows and he's comfortable with. It's kind of late. So now what I'm afraid is that it, he, 
he may take somebody who's a really good coordinator that I think would be a good fit that he's not as familiar with a couple of guys that, that I've really got my eyes on for him that I think would be really good fits. I don't know that he's going to be comfortable with because he doesn't know him. He wants somebody that he knows that limits you. I think that you got to get to know people. I think you got to get to know their personalities. I think you need to get to put people together. So we'll see where, um, uh, things go there, but there's, there's a lot there. Uh, we talked on Bieleman. We talked a little bit on, um, on Arizona. As I said, I think Brett Brennan is, is the direction I would go there, uh, over Jed Finch. We'll see where it goes. Um, a couple of other questions you have there. Uh, could you see the 49ers moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, in the off season as their quarterback, um, possibly, I think there's going to be some, uh, changes in around the league from a trade free agency standpoint, certainly, um, the draft factors that into, uh, thoughts on Todd Granham as a defensive coordinator. Listen, Todd's been hyper aggressive. Um, he brings a lot, brings a lot of heavy blitz pressure. When you don't have the guys that can cover quite as well as they normally do, it doesn't work quite as well. Rock ass is Randy Shannon in trouble. Um, I think he could be. I think he could be. Um, when it comes to Ed fixing the situation, what does that translate into uh, X number of wins and uh, not as dysfunction of a program? Um Look, they're not going to be as bad as they were this year, and they're not going to win the national championship like they did last year. I'm really going out on a limb with that, right? Of course it's going to be somewhere in between. It does matter, though, that how it looks, how young guys get developed. I do think there was a little bit of a positive how the team played towards the end of the year. Um, I think that... And, and by the way, Steve Ensminger, you mentioned there, and Woodshed King asked, do you think Ensminger will be a good fl- influence on Orgeron? Absolutely will. And I think Steve is going to stay on and be involved in an analyst role offensively, which is great for the modern-day coaching staffs. I think he and Bill Johnson will be great at sets, and I think be in better position to help the program in the role they're going to be in because neither one of them are great recruiters. So I think a real positive influence. Um, but in terms of what's needed, look, I mean, the program has to be certainly rebuilding some directions, but we've got to see some stability. The, the issue and the problem with a coach like Ed is that it's always going to be a hit or miss with Ed. Ed's not a an offense coordinator, a defensive coordinator. And as we said, as a, head coach who hires well, he's a mixed bag there. So if you hire a Joe Brady, it's great. It's great for one year. They have success. They're gone. They don't have success. They're fired. So creating stability in that environment is tough because, as I've said before, if you're a Jimbo Fisher type of guy, you're going to run that offense. You know how things want to be. And you can hire a guy and give him a lot of control on the defensive side and say, you go get it. It's your thing, and I need to approve it. But you've got a lot of free reign there. And unless that's a head coaching job, you know, 
you've got a pretty stable environment or a chance to create stability and roots. If you're Nick Saban, well, there are a number of things you can do. He's great at understanding how he wants the offense to look and hiring on the offensive side. He's great on hiring because look what he did, bringing in Lane and bringing in Sark and Brian Dayball. And I mean, even Jimmy Wack, Mack won a national championship as an offensive coordinator. And then defensively, you're going to run his defense. So you got the best of both worlds there. Plus he can hire ex-coaches that can be coordinators and waiting on the staff and, and just, you know, just go from one to the other and just, you know, all he's got to do is just go down the hall and there's his next coach. He's got a good situation. Um, with Ed, it's a little bit more of a mixed bag. So my fear is with Ed, as it was when he got the job, is that um, you're going to get a mixed bag. Now, I didn't expect national championship last year, and I didn't expect complete crater into the abyss this year. But I think we're going to see probably more inconsistency than the powers that be like. Um, look, it hasn't been told in so many words, but basically Ed knows that he doesn't have a whole lot of time to turn this around. And that comes from Woody, Scott Woodard. Um, would you say Les Miles is finished at Kansas and why is it difficult to win at Kansas? Well, Les Miles has been given a vote of confidence because his buddy hired him, Jeff Long, the athletic director there. Les is not a good fit at Kansas. Les is not a good fit in a lot of places because Les has to be somewhere. I mean, the best place for him was a place at LSU, like LSU, because he could recruit at a high level. The problem is, is he can't win consistently because he's not a forward-thinking coach that's – Again, not a great X's and O guy, but if you put him in a place like Kansas, well, what do you have to do at Kansas? You have to get more out of less, pardon the pun. Less gets less out of more. Again, too many puns there. Um, awful fit at Kansas from the very beginning. Made no sense at all other than guy, a buddy hiring a buddy. And, and not knowing how to hire. There's so many people, folks, you have no idea how so many people are clueless in the coaching hires. Um, we got into the issues with Dan Mullen. Not, um, not a major problem as I addressed with, I think it was, was Spartan Martin asked. <clears throat> the, the issues there, though, I'm just going to say this and I'm going to move on because I really like the guy, but in, in the reason why I'm saying it is because I have so much respect for him is his, his offensive coaching acumen. This is a part of what I was talking a little bit about. You know, when you, when you do things like the, 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 the overhyping thing at Missouri and uh, going onto the field. Okay. Not the end of the world, but kind of shows that he's very impulsive. Then, you know, certainly certain things that he says and does, I don't know, maybe a little bit too impulsive. And again, in and of itself, it's not that that's awful, but this is a perfect example. Dan's not actively trying to cheat or break a rule. He's impulsive, not quite as disciplined. And there you go. You got a mistake that 
not going to devastate the program, but little things take care of your business, tie up the loose ends. You know, it's that lack of discipline that leads to the poor preparation in a game against LSU. That I think puts a stain on their season. I mean, not, not a big stain. Just look, it happened. It shouldn't have happened. That's a team that you're much better than, much better than this year. And you didn't take care of business and you, you rebounded and showed what you can do against Alabama and competing, but you didn't take care of those loose ends. Well, it's those loose ends that leads to a player doing something stupid, like throwing a shoe, which again, player loses his mind, but, but do you think in a more disciplined environment that a kid would ever think about throwing a shoe or a helmet or a anything? No, just it's one of those things that I think I want people have the maybe get the wrong view. If you see a trend with me, I want people to succeed. Every player, every coach, I want them to do their best. I understand that every year coaches are going to get fired because when these guys have more success than these, these guys get fired. I get it. You try to bring it out. Try to be fair and objective. I don't really want to be one of those guys that say that everybody that I know and I like is great. And you know, you got it wrong and you got to call it like it is. I see it like it is. There are guys that I don't like that. I give credit to There are guys that I really do like that. I have to criticize. And sometimes it's in between. Sometimes it's a mixture with Dan. I really think this guy can be great for Florida, but I think he needs to tie up some loose ends. Just like with Georgia, I think Kirby's got to, I think he's got a good handle on some of the things that maybe Dan is not as good at, but he's certainly nowhere near getting the offense where it needs to be. But maybe, maybe he is, maybe he's on the path of that. So I want to see, but we do have some issues now, you know, Florida, not big Tennessee's issues with the NCAA. We're going to, watch and follow. Look, I don't know until, until I know exactly what happened. Uh, I'm probably more concerned about the LSU issues with it relating to the uh, sexual assault issues. But again, I don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes in them. Those are some of the thoughts. I guess Neil McCready's negotiations with ULM were undercut by Terry Bowden. Yes, it was. We're really disappointed, but glad to have uh, Neil McCready uh, with um, <laughs> Dan Mullen is going to keep UF relevant in the media for better or worse. No press is bad. Press. I don't know about that part, Martin. I think bad press is good. Good press is good. Um, you know, I think that that's, I think you can always get better. So always like that. Um, so what was my scouting evaluation of Rex Grossman? Rex, I didn't have a uh, high grade on Rex. I thought he was a he was a five nine grader. Chance to make it be a backup is what I thought. He actually did a little bit better and graded out better in the league than I thought he would. And Deion Sanders, well, Deion Sanders was very very easy evaluation. He was what he was. Um, and uh, Rich uh, Nick U seventy five. What does it take to win at a place like Kansas? I tell you what it takes. Glenn Mason did it. Mark Mangino did it. Here's what you have to do. You have to be good at developing players and you have to be good at finding the right type of players from the high school level. And you have to use the Juco to your advantage. So what I'm saying is you have to place really good players that maybe are not the right fits 
academically or character-wise, and you have to send them to the to the Jayhawk League in JUCO, and you need to bring them back with what we call three to play two, three years to play two. And you've got to have a plan when you bring them on your campus to get them into academic programs where they can be successful, getting them into programs where they can become better citizens. And that's where you can get elite players at Kansas that other people know that are elite, but they're not going to recruit them because they got some character or academic issues. You have to recruit to the JUCOs and you have to have a plan for them there and a plan for them coming out like Bill Snyder did at Kansas state. Um, I think if you do that, you can have success. And with that, you can then become more impactful with high school recruiting, and you have to have really good young coaches. What type of style? You need to, you need to in that league, you need to be able to score a lot of points. You need to be able to do that. Um, but you've got to maybe find some undersized guys. Kansas State's a good model. Kansas State, you can go get a Darren Sproles. Why? Nobody recruited the guy because the guy was 5'5", five, five, and that's with heels on. You got to go get that guy. The guy that can be special despite the lack of size. The guy that can be special with the size but doesn't have great speed. You got to be able to find those guys and develop them. Um, you you know mention um, um, Rock says talking about Kansas. Um, but we say quarterbacks. Well, you know Nolan Cromwell was a um, was a quarterback, but they ran the option with him. So they were running option ball there. Wasn't a quarterback. He was an option quarterback. You can get quarterbacks today. My God, you can get quarterbacks. Racing was an example, but you can get a lot of those guys. Man, you can go in the state of Texas, and they're all over the place. The guys that just are a little bit too short, but they can throw it. Everybody's throwing it. Go get you one. Go get you a few because a lot of those are not going to be recruited by some of the bigger schools. You can absolutely do it. But winning there is here's the thing. Oh, you can't win at Kansas. No, you can't win a conference title at Kansas, but you don't need to. You can go to bowl games there. You can win seven games a year and keep that job pretty much forever. And maybe you get the right type of guys in the developmental program, and you can have a year where you can win eight or with the right schedule win nine. Holy mackerel, you can have it. But then if you do that, you're going to take that opportunity and you're going to move on. Uh, Mangino did a really good job at Kansas. Uh, he got fired for being a guy that was a little too rough and did some things they thought that crossed the line. So that was the issue there. Hey, uh, we're running into the next hour. We're going to get into the next hour on the Landry. Um, let's quick. I'm going to do this. I want to get into a couple of things, uh, but some matchups this week, I'll go into a little bit more if I have time in the next hour, but the key things I'm looking at this week is Miami, Las Vegas, uh, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, uh, key games, Rams, Seahawks, um, really intriguing games. We're going to get into why in some of the playoff matchups as we are one week away, well, week away from the last week of the regular season, and then we're in playoff time. But we're going to get into the new age of coaching searches. We're going to get more into that on the Landry Football Podcast coming up. And then how the searches differ a little bit from college to the NFL. We're going to take more of your questions, so keep them coming. Uh, we're going to be flipping over, taking a short little recess here, and then we're going to get into the Landry Football Podcast. So stay where you are. A double dip here uh, on the uh, Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. 
Um, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.